Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Listen to Scoopy Radio with Brandon Robinson. Scoopy Radio. Today we are joined by a guest, a little sports conversation here today, which is perfect because it carries over the conversation you're going to be introduced to. My friend, Scoopy, who you can see every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern with me for an Instagram live at Bavada. You can just follow Bavada's Instagram at Bavada. Uh, Scoop and I come on. We break down the games, who we think is going to win. We go against each other a lot, which I really like to do. Even if I want to agree with my co-host, I don't. I'd rather just get in their head and say, nah, 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 I don't think they're going to win. And then they doubt themselves and maybe they go back and forth. Sometimes I'm like that. You'll get to see that on Thursdays at 5 p.m. But here you're going to get to know a little bit more about my friend Scoopy. Well, you know, Scoop, it's great to be sitting here with you. We've got a big NBA season. The NFL's behind us. I feel, you know, a little bit brushed off. Uh, now all we'll do is obsess on quarterbacks. Russell Wilson throws his name in the mix yesterday during an interview. We had another quarterback to worry about, but... Hoops is the pure joy for you. And I want to know, Snoop, when was it that you realized that you loved basketball? Um, there were two sequences. One, uh, six years old. Uh, my uncle uh, introduced me to the game through, uh, he was a commissioner of a basketball league in New York City called Citywide. So anybody who came out of Citywide, um, Stephon Marbury, Rod Strickland, um, Kenny Anderson, all of those legends from the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, um, all played in this league if they were from New York City. <clears throat> and what ended up happening was my family also ran a sneaker store in Harlem. Um, so we used to have like Mike Tyson would come in um, and shop sometimes. Akeem Olajuwon and, and, and uh, Dominique Wilkins would do sneaker releases. So I had like pictures with these guys when I was a baby. And um, that's so awesome. Yeah. And then 91 was when I fell in love with it because my dad is actually from my stepfather is from uh, Chicago. So Michael Jordan and the Bulls won their first championship, kind of that synergy there. That's where I fell in love with it. But I began my career actually at 12. I had a radio show with the Nets when I was a kid. And, um, you know, that was where I got my early start. Radio is my foundation. How did you get a radio show at 12 years old for the Nets? Well, uh, I had a mom um, who kind of channeled that 
level of, okay, this kid won't stop talking, but he likes basketball. How do you channel that energy? Um, I auditioned for um, a position at Chelsea Pierce. Basically, hundreds of kids auditioned to be radio personalities to do commercials for the Crash Dummies. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, like, killed the first audition, second audition came, killed that, and then they picked maybe like 10 kids to actually be radio personalities for Oswald Radio, which which taped the Liberty Science Center in Jersey City. The Nets at the time were rebranding. John Calipari was the head coach. Keith Van Horn was the Wow, pastor. that was, yeah, I forgot about Calipari being, mm-hmm. wow, I bet a lot of people have forgotten Calipari was the coach. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, Nets Lemming Planet was the name of the show. I hosted it with Evan Roberts over at WFAN, um, Albert King uh, as well, former Net. And, um, you know, I did it for two years. You know, this was this was when the last dance Bulls were playing against the Nets. And you had Sam Cassell, Keith Van Horn, Jason Williams, all those guys, Kendall Gill. And, um, you know, I just continued with it. That was the start. A lot of peaks and valleys here and there. But that was the early entrance. Uh, Six years old and then 12 years old. First of all, I'd like to give your mom a big shout out because she was smart enough to know that she needed to channel that energy somewhere. And it's such a gift as a parent to actually be able to do that properly. And what she did was she laid the foundation for you to have something to study and follow and love and then communicate. And I'm sure it made you so different for other 12 and 13 year olds in school, because as you're talking on the air, your, your, your vocabulary, I'm certain is becoming more elaborate than potentially other classmates. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, you know, at recess, I, recess time, you're going outside, you're playing basketball I'm on the playground emulating what I saw the night before at a, at a game, post-up moves, hand-checking when it was le- kind of legal back then and, and just kind of, um, you know, channeling that. But, you know, basketball has been something that I've always been in love with. I've always been passionate about developing relationships with something Scoop that I cultivated, radio. you know, starting there and, and more. I remember Stephen A. Smith and Woj being in the locker rooms in the 90s when I was a kid. And so now to see them at 50 or almost 50, I kind of feel old myself because I'm not that age. <laughs> so you started following young. Did you play basketball in school at all, Scoop? The most I did was <clears throat> playground um, and and just for fun. Um, but a lot. You I didn't have time. Oh, yeah. I wasn't as good as a lot of my friends, but a lot of my friends, like I went to prep school. So I had friends that were seven feet tall, six foot ten. I would hang out with them. I would practice with them sometimes. I'm an alum of Don Bosco Prep. A lot of my friends who, who went there, they ended up playing Division One basketball or football and more. So um, I kind of knew what my passion was early. When those kids were playing AAU at 12, I was in a radio booth, you know, recording. That is fantastic. And now your parents having the sneaker store, it's kind of a, a great subculture as well, right? You meet a lot of celebrities through sneaker stores. Yes. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was in London and a friend of mine has a, a grip of really amazing stores where they collect really unique kicks. You know, you just you don't even want to touch them, you know, because you're like, nobody should get fingerprints on. Them. And I realized, like, through the photos they have on the wall, like it's a celebrity. It's a musician, still a lot of hip hop artists. And then, of course, all the athletes. Right. So you must have collected quite a scrapbook of celebrity photos from the sneaker store. And then you layer that. With what you're doing on radio for the Nets. Yeah, that that was definitely that's a that's an excellent observation on your part. Um, my grand my grandfather, my late grandfather, moved to New York City. Opened the story of you know opening a shoe shine store even before a shoe shine stand. He was shining shoes over by Grand Central Station. 
saved his money, opened a shoe shine stand, opened a shoe shine store, and then made a connection to a you know a men's shoe store. And then in seven, 1979, we opened the Athlete's Foot uh, as a you know we were a franchisee. We were the only black-owned uh, athletes foot in New York State, and um, you know that's significant. Um, but more than anything else, his his work ethic is something that I never met my grandfather. He passed before I was born, but hearing stories about him and how he he went about that and cultivating that process. You know, I implement that in, in what I do every day to directly answer your question about, you know, like celebrities and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid, um, the shoe store, the men's shoe store, meeting Dizzy Gillespie as a kid and talking about jazz. Oh, yes. Did you even know how big of a star he was at that age? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's a really empowering story too with your grandfather. And that has to be incredibly inspiring. Ironically, when my grandfather came here from Italy, he also lived in Astoria, uh, which is tying us again, another little connection here. So you followed, you know, all of the NBA. How do you choose a team when you overall love the sport so much and you just want to watch games every night? Well, as I told you, uh, Mike was the connector, um, culture, um, bald head guy, um, Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant at the time. Um, that was that was my passion or that was who I enjoyed watching. Um, professionally, I would say the Nets who gave me my first break was a team that I paid attention to immensely. Um, but, you know, in between that time, Shaq um, and the Magic. When Michael retired, I liked Shaq and the Magic. I went through a phase where I liked Patrick Ewing and the Knicks when Michael retired. Um, but Michael was always who I, who I passionately paid attention to. Um, as a professional, um, you try to, you know, league passes my friend these days, particularly. Yeah. Um, but I'll say that um, I, I kind of just, I kind of pay attention to everybody. Um, the Utah Jazz are, are doing well. Best record in the NBA right now. Best record in the NBA. Won another one last night. Do you play fantasy basketball, Scoop? Because I think you'd be really good at it. I do. I have two teams. Okay. Two teams. How are your teams doing this season? Mm-hmm. How is your draft? And have you been affected by anything like me, Kyrie, beginning of the season? Yeah, so one of my teams, I, I do have Kyrie on my team. Um, my team is in last place. Um and it's funny because I have Kyrie and Joel Embiid on, on that team. Um, the problem with Joel Embiid and fantasy and the reason I didn't draft him, I had the opportunity, but I took Ben Simmons instead, even though uh, it was back, it does concern me. But with Joel Embiid, he just, he sits too much. And now that they're, you know, this is a very unique season. I mean, the bubble was one thing, but now the teams, and you got to give Adam Silver so much credit for how he was strategic because he doesn't want everybody, you know, moving hotels and traveling as much. So they're staying in town. They're playing more back-to-back. Like baseball. It's like baseball, right? You're seeing the exact same matchup back-to-back, but what we're seeing is players like Embiid being selective. And if you're not monitoring every single day in your league, like if you go through like I do, we have daily lineup changes. I like it to be simple and fun. I'll go and set my whole week lineup, and then every day I go in and tinker with it. Otherwise, days go by after the week, and you're like, oh, no. So it's about who can you let go of, or do you wait? with Joel Embiid to play and have a good run, and then do you try and trade him high? From one busy person to another, sometimes I just set my roster for the week, like on a Sunday, um, and I'm like, I, every now and then, if I see he's not playing, then I'll put my substitution in, uh, Mar- like a Marvin Bag Bagley on the Sacramento Kings um, as a big man. And, and, and it just kind of it depends on the busyness of my week. I try to. Sure. The Joel Embiid portion, which you just mentioned, is definitely something that um, – 
a lot of housework that guy requires. A lot of housework. You're like constantly doing the housework. Yeah. So what I do is I use, um, you know, Roto World lets you set up alerts for your players. Mm-hmm. You can have all your players in there, and then you get the notification to your phone. So if it is a Kyrie thing in finger thing or Durant the other night, so bizarre. He goes in, then he comes out. Then it's the contact tracing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, those are things you can't predict because they're so last minute. Now, when I look at these past let's say two, you know, one season in the bubble, this season starting up right now. And I'll even look at the NFL season. Let's do a show this morning. And I think in a sense, we're being a little bit too hard on grading athletes on their overall appearance and performances during the unique time of COVID. Uh, the routines are thrown off. They don't have the same things. I mean, look, an ice bath in a baby pool, in the bumble is not the same as a real ice bath, mm-hmm. right? Or cryotherapy. How much are you allowing for adjustment for players where you're not judging them quite as hard in this type of a situation? It's funny. We were talking about Joel Embiid, and I remember last season uh, sitting in on quite a bit of uh, the 76ers Zoom calls. And I remember the Zoom call that Joel Embiid was on right before um, the Sixers flew to the bubble in Orlando. And he talked about his routine and he talked about the bubble and he talked about his teammates and he talked about how he said his routine is not going to change. He goes, in fact, I'm going to stay in my room and play video games. When I hear things like that, certain guys that are routine, uh, albeit he's, you know, they're resting him here and there. I like guys like that because they're like a consistent uh, table at your favorite restaurant. Right. Um, this season is kind of a misnomer, number one, because Brett Brown coached that team last year. This year, Doc Rivers coaches that team. And you know that last year when Doc Rivers was the head coach of the Clippers, load management was something that um, he 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 believed in. And so I feel like that that level of thinking has kind of carried over into Philadelphia with Joel Embiid because that you know is arguably a top five player, a, a, a borderline MVP. When I look at certain guys like KD, who was coming back from an Achilles injury, I believe you have to give him some rope. I don't think people realize, you know, how much of a, a process it is to return from Achilles. Now, him being out right now has more to do with tracing, however. Of course. And it's not even as much the Achilles injury for me with KD. It's the 18 months off to recover yeah. from the Achilles injury. And it's everything that goes along with the NBA. You know, the quick turnaround, not as quick this year because they're playing two nights in one location. But they travel a lot. They've got to be on the plane by a certain time. They've got to land in the city midnight before the game before. You know, there, there's just a lot of movement there. And so I look at getting into that rhythm is just as important for KD, who had been doing his treatments and staying home. So 18 months is a long time to get your head back into the game. But, man, he looks like he's having a really good time playing basketball again this season. He is. But I'll say this. The other side of the coin is some people are not – video game routine. Some people are not, God rest his soul, Kobe Bryant sitting in your hotel room watching eight. Some guys like to go out. The Lou Williamses of the world, the James Hardens of the world, their Gatorade is the lifestyle outside of the basketball. Yeah. And so when you have a 150-page memo that the league sends out to all 30 teams where they discuss the do's and don'ts, that creativity is stifled. This episode of Scoopy Radio is brought to you by Green Line Movers. Green Line Movers is New Jersey-based, East Coast branched. Visit www.greenlinemovers.com. 
Being one of the most trusted names in moving service, you'll get first-class treatment for your belongings for both your residential, commercial, and flat-rate moving needs. Your moving process with Greenline Movers is in three easy steps. First, call 973-362-5736 to get your free-of-cost estimate. Secondly, you'll get your estimate. And lastly, once you get your moving date, you'll be packed up and ready to move to your destination. Seems pretty easy, right? Well, what are you waiting for? Pick up the phone now and call 973-362-5736. And while you're at it, tell them Scoop B sent you. I agree with you. And I know from my many friends in the NBA, this year was going to be very different. At yep. least in the bubble, they knew what it was, right? They knew what it is. Like Jimmy Butler didn't even want his family to come into the bubble when he was allowed because he didn't want to be thrown off his concentration. Thank you, Jimmy Butler. I love how he rolls. But you're right. Part of the routine and part of their lifestyle is knowing, hey, I got friends that live in the city. When I go to New York, I mean, NBA players go out way more than basketball players, I mean, way more than NFL players, way more than baseball players because they can. When they're in cities where things are open late, they'll finish their game. They'll go back to the hotel. They'll go out at one o'clock in the morning. It's all part of it. And I would say it's a good 50% of them. So they're missing out on that also. They're missing out on the little things. When you're on the road, you know, you've traveled to go to so many different cities. You were going into Philly a lot last year for games. You have your favorite little restaurants and like spots you want to stop at. And what's what's really crazy is, you know, the NBA picking an all-star location for this year, which is Atlanta, (laughs) which is a city that has not been closed. Georgia, a state that has not been closed. It's also a state that's similar to last weekend's Super Bowl. You put everybody in Florida where you've never told them to wear masks. And now you're asking people to wear masks to protect the NFL players. Makes no sense. And LeBron was very candid about the fact that he is, he is not down. He is not looking for, he has no energy and excitement toward the NBA all-star game. And it is because of its location. And because again, if we see Durant go out and play, then he gets pulled from the game by contact tracing. Why are you having an additional event that brings in a lot of people that's going to be very hard to prevent players from going out. I would agree with you, Lisa. I think at the end of the day, um, Adam Silver is in an interesting juxtaposition, namely, yeah. namely because he's had such high marks since he came in uh, and dealing with the Donald Sterling Clippers fiasco. Um, and honestly, being ahead of the curve on women's rights, women working in sports, um, because they should. He's brilliant. He's just playing brilliant. Right. We know that. He's just brilliant. But COVID, I think, is the first time that he's been in muddy waters. Um, that's uncharted territory, R- really and truly. Um, the NBA is kind of in a, a similar situation that baseball was in um, and the NFL was in during their season while the bubble was going on. The bubble right. was controlled. Sure. The, the, the NBA and their regular season is in those respective cities. And every state is different as it relates to fans allowed in games. Like to me, it's, you know, almost a year born in the house and in the house board It's weird to see, you know, people in Utah, people in San Antonio and Houston and, you know, and, and myriad of other teams, you know, watching games, fans watching games, you're seeing, you know, courtside Karen, you know, talking smack to, to, to LeBron sitting courtside, and it's like, wait, you got to kind of recalibrate your brain in that regard. I think that the whole all-star thing, me personally, I don't think there should be a game. 
But the fact that there is a game in Atlanta makes sense. You have Turner down the street from the arena. Sure. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, strip clubs are open. Um, you have Everything's open. Yeah. Everything's open. It just seems, I get it though. You're right. He's in a juxtaposition with this and he has to make a decision. He made the decision and, and this is where it's going to be. But, you know, when courtside Karen went off, I was actually more stunned that there's actually fans. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah. like, here we are, we get the opportunity. There's a couple fans in the stands. You want to get thrown out when you're like in a small group of people. Like it's just beyond bizarre, but here we are. And I think, you know, we, we've fallen into this distraction now with NBA season being back, NFL season just wrapping up where, hey, there's something to watch every night. We haven't had as many new TV productions. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of our favorite shows stopped. Maybe they tried to restart up. So let me ask you when it comes to TV, because this is a conversation we have not yet had. What are your favorite shows when you are not watching the NBA? Lisa, let me tell you something. Before I answer that question, I watched new episodes of Law and Order. It threw me off seeing like the police officers with masks. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> they wait a minute. Wait, they still make Law and Order? That show is still on? I did not even know that. I just learned something new. That show is still on? Yeah. How many cases can they uncover? How many criminals? Like they had COVID cases on there. Oh, so it's, okay, it's, so. it's, it's throwing me off because, you know, you can watch a whole rack of episodes <laughs> on a weekend on like, what is that, yeah. USA? Yeah, where it's always on. Yeah. It's always on every time you go over like, is this the Law and Order channel? It's the only thing that's ever on this channel. Lisa, I swear before God, I feel like Law and Order is this generation's Twilight Zone. It's always on. True. Okay, so we know you watch Law and Order. <laughs> What else do you watch? Do you watch Power? Here and there. I never really got into it, but I'm going to tell you what I have. What? You're not show Power. I've watched a couple episodes. I'm going to tell is you. Is it too I'm violent? Saying. It's violent. It is. Um, I have watched seasons. I finished season six and season seven of Scandal. Haven't watched that show yet. I hear it's amazing. Olivia Pope is a genius. Yeah. I hear it's an amazing show. Okay, so let's see where you're going. So Law and Order, you you like thinking television shows. You like thought-provoking. And obviously, you're a big dude, Scoop. You're not worried about criminals. If I watched Law and Order, I'd be afraid to walk outside. I just think those shows, like, they tell so much about how people get away with things. And you can't get away with anything at all. Like, that's that's what I've learned, you know, in that that space. Like, there's... There's no such thing as perfectly getting it off. You may get away with it for a little while, but you're not gonna. No, nah, it's, it's no, and no. And what I've learned from my um, three hours easy of news that I read a day is, you know, when you read a lot of news, the reason I read it is because when you read something, you remember a lot more yeah. than when it's fed to you. Yeah. And you can also select your stories. You can save stories. Mm-hmm. So I find it really easy, but. I'm realizing right now that it takes about one to two years to crack a real case because yesterday I saw a case be cracked that was a year and a half old. And I remember exactly when I initially read the story. I remember every follow-up story I read, but like, wow, now this was raw. And every once in a while, once the genetic testing started popping and everybody started doing their genealogy and all this, they started getting a lot of extra criminals with the DNA that they were collecting from that, that, that's all that stuff. So that was very interesting because DNA is a big part of all these crimes. For sure. For sure. Oh, before I forget, I watched the movie, the cartoon movie, Cruise. Cruise? Cruise. C R O O D S. 
it's a, it was it's a movie that's out. It's so crazy. You can you know people aren't going to the movies like that, but you can stream. It was a cartoon movie. Uh, I believe it was a Pixar movie. I watched that, and I watched another cartoon movie with Jamie Foxx called Soul, where he talks about living his purpose. He was a jazz news. He was a jazz teacher. Okay. Means of being in the industry as a professional jazz musician, he falls into a manhole and he kind of leaves Earth for a while, but his spirit was still on. And he switched spirits with somebody in heaven, basically, and basically. It's a whole process of purpose, like your family telling you. It's interesting. If you could switch spirits with somebody in heaven, who would it be? Who would it be? Would you be a male or a female? I mean, you know, you're getting to switch spirits. Wouldn't you want to have something totally different going on? I'd like to go to the bathroom outside. It'd be a non-issue. So maybe I'd be a dude. I mean, I just say, like, that's just a simple, like, (laughs) I'd like to be at a concert and not have to look at the porta potty and go, no, I don't want to go in there. But I can just go in the woods, you know, as a guy. You guys don't have that same function. So that, that. No, no. So I think for some reason, Michael Jackson or Frank Sinatra come into my mind, switching spirits. I'm going to keep it recent. Um, Kobe. Okay. Um, Kobe's a good one. We'll leave it there. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Okay, so you do watch a little TV, but you would honestly say that you probably watch NBA every day. If I'm not, if I'm not watching it, I'm streaming it somewhere. Or I'm, I'm, you know, yeah, basketball is something that I'm obsessed with. When it falls in line and there's no NBA season, what does Scooby turn to for that sports need? Do you watch a little NFL? Do you watch a little NBA? I know you don't watch hockey. Um, probably football. I I, I enjoyed the playoffs. Um, I enjoy watching the playoffs. Um, sleep, and so in my building, um, there's an arcade. Oh, that's fun. And and are they free or do you have to put change in? I have a lot of questions. Somebody brings something to me. I have a lot of so questions. So look, check this out. So no change. No change. Oh. And it's one standalone arcade game with 1,300 games. So you pick through what you want. So, Lisa, and I'm telling you, like, I'm playing X-Men, the one that was in the movie theater. Do you have to reserve it? Is it busy? Do other people use it? Game. Nobody hardly goes in there. I'm like, the <laughs> not only do they, do they have that, they have skee-ball. They have a Star Wars pin. Okay, I like ski ball. Yeah, I would be. A, I have ping pong, and I'm just trying to rally a friend to play ping pong with me this weekend. I'm like, I don't have football in Sunday. I can play ping pong Sunday. I have to. Let's get good at table tennis. I mean, this is amazing. I, there's a pool table as well, which doesn't pertain to me. I've never been good at playing pool. I they could learn. Also, at my place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could learn, but you know, there are people that use a pool table. But ping pong, come on. These little fun rooms inside buildings are absolutely everything, and especially you really valued it during this unusual year. So I want to ask you, you know, a couple questions about COVID and how we've adapted. Now, I, you know, I listen to Sirius almost all day. Mm-hmm. And so you get the ads for the, the podcast and the Sirius that's them out. And one of them is about the first night in the NBA. And I swear to you, every time I hear it, it just gives me chills because it's like March 11th and they're breaking open tests on the floor, you know, the Rudy Gobert. Do you remember exactly where you were March 11th when the announcement came out that the NBA was canceling? If you remember, they only canceled the first, the game first, which was the earlier game that Rudy Gobert was playing. Mm-hmm. But then they did contract tracing and they realized that the ref that refereed the game before was with Rudy Gobert the night before. So that's when they had to cancel all the games 
Where were you and how did you feel? Um, I was in my house, uh, kind of relaxing and watching it on my phone, texting people. Um, I was in contact with someone with the Thunder who they were playing, finding out what was going on here. Yeah, I was talking to players all night that night too. Right. Yeah. And so to me, like, what is this? Like, I remember, you know, I was in Chicago for All Star Weekend and. My mom was calling me and saying, yo, wear a mask. And I was like that February. And I was like, for what? Yeah. Well, go shopping and stuff. Some people were paying attention to the news that was out there. But to us, yeah. it didn't have an impact on me until somebody younger than me and too high feel is healthier than I am was affected. And that was Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I'm going to tell you something. So, Lisa, that a couple months earlier, I had actually interviewed. I was a finalist uh, for... Uh, a, a job covering the Utah Jazz. Um, I would have moved to Utah. I would have been covering that team. And honestly, the thought process as I watched Rudy Gobert touch that mic was like, yo, what if I was in that press room when he was touching phones and mics and stuff? That was my first thought when I saw it. Yeah. And that was an issue. Him and Donovan Mitchell thought about it. You know, it was an issue yeah. for them both. Um but I'll tell you, I had just finished an entire month of traveling, actually like five, six weeks, because once Super Bowl happens, I have a bit more freedom in my schedule. And I was all over the place, LA twice. I was at the Super Bowl. Um, I went to Houston. And, you know, during that time, during the month of February, when I was traveling, Scoop, right. it just started to get more empty at the airports. Mm-hmm. And it was freaky. One of my last flights, I, now, if you go to the airport now, it's still, you know, it's a little bit different. Yeah. But I traveled a bit during COVID and it was empty. But this last flight, I was like, I think this shit might be real because there's nobody at JFK right now. Like, I videoed myself walking out and I was like, this is creepy. And then I was out with friends that were in town for March Madness. We were at a restaurant in Hell's Kitchen, my favorite little Italian spots. And I got the notification on my phone and I said to my friends, like, I'm out. I got to go back to my apartment. You know, and I think for us in the sports world, there was such a halt on how we felt about what was going to happen with our existence. I mean, so many people were affected professionally from this shutdown in our lives, financially and concern. But, you know, when you're doing sports radio for a living and there's no sports, the gasp is real, okay? Because you're like, whoa, what's going to happen? And I think you probably felt that as well. You're, you're covering NBA, you're, you're writing full time. It's your whole passion. You wake up, you do it, you watch. All that was taken in a matter of one night. How did that make you feel? And what did you do during the first, you know, until the end of 2020 to get you through it all? Lisa, I'm going to be honest with you. When it first happened, I was angry and pissed off to do to, to, to stand out and be great and not be comfortable. Um, when it happened, I remember the first person that I sent a text to was Shaq. And I said, yo, you free to come on my podcast. And he was like, yeah. Like, he had time. Everybody had time. Everybody had time. Everybody had time. That was smart of you yeah. to right away start to look at how could I get unique interviews? I mean, Shaquille O'Neal, are you kidding? How can I get unique interviews mm-hmm. at a time where everybody's sitting home kind of twirling their thumbs mm-hmm. and they'll be available by Zoom, mm-hmm. uh, which, by the way, we all learned how to use pretty quickly when this happened. Okay, pretty darn quickly. That, that, but yeah, that 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 to me was was the kicker. Like when I was looking at not just professionally what I was doing, like I was having a conversation with one of my um 
my right hand man that, that runs a lot of my like my podcasting and stuff, we talked like maybe a month prior about another recession coming. And we were just, we kind of were like, is this what we were talking about? And so not only was I looking at it from, you know, booking guests on my podcast, Scoopy Radio, but also about stocks. Yeah. Like I looked, I bought stock in Zoom and Moderna last March. And you did really, really well. Buying Zoom last year in March uh, was the the move that I told all of my friends to make as well. I mean, we knew everybody was using it. If you were watching ESPN, it's what they were using. It's what everybody was using. And it was was unbelievable to watch it grow. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad to hear that you found that way, right? Because for me, somehow I did not take any of the news seriously. Your mom was reaching out to you when you were at the all-star game. My friends were reaching out to me when I was traveling saying, do you think you should be traveling right now? And I'm like, ah, you know, like, I don't know. I'm not boy, the NBA stops. Shit got real. I was like, okay, this is real. Everyone like stop everything you're doing. And it's just been, it's been fascinating to watch, but I want all of this, you know, I want everybody that's listening to really give athletes credit because there's been a big sacrifice. And yes, everyone can say they make great money and everyone can say, but there was a time in the bubble that they were separated from their babies, their wives, their families for a period of time just to go to work. And I've lived on the road, living in the same hotel room for that long is just staring at the same four walls is just maddening, right? They made it a lot of fun for us. So the NBA gets a lot of props for me. Jimmy Butler with his coffee business, LeBron James with his candles in his room, Anthony Davis being the tech guy that set up multiple TVs so everybody could play video games in his room. Like the bubble was the most fun ever. And I think the bubble was that boost that we all needed because it was joyous. We were watching, you know, it was like sending a bunch of NBA players to summer camp and going, okay, you're going to go to work. But you also post a bunch of fun stuff on social media. It's the most expensive summer camp in the history of summer camps. <laughs> and it's interesting because when I, when I look at like certain guys, you know, that didn't go to college, no shade, no, you know, just an observation. Like sure. for some guys, this was their college dorm experience. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you talk about Anthony Davis being the tech guy, um, I remember being an undergrad uh, at Eastern University in Pennsylvania. And um, I remember when you used to download tons of movies and they would shut your, and this was before Wi-Fi, they would shut your landline off because you used too much bandwidth. Right, you only had so much uh, data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I remember playing the original Xbox and we would play Halo on landline. Oh, Halo was like, amazing. I dorms against Halo. dorms. I remember playing Halo. That's a blast from this past, yes. It, that captured the flag because we would play against other dorms. And so when you, when you talk about the bubble and you talk about the guys and just their level of um, adapting, um, yeah, I think that you have to give guys credit for um, adapting. NBA players have adapted just like the NBA office has had to adapt. There's been yeah. tons of layoffs. I know that during the the quarantine, like when they, by the time guys got to the bubble, there were about a hundred people within the league office that got laid off. Yeah, I mean um, everybody was preparing for for the worst, right? And not as much broadcast, not as much everything else. And even when it comes to like how I'm going to start ranking players in the NFL for next season in fantasy football, I decided I'm going to take a two to a three year a view of their of their performances and kind of average them together because 
I had a lot of players telling me that they were just sick of being tested all the time. And they were just sick of all like, it was just mentally draining them because each time you get a test, there's anxiety in waiting for the results. I've been testing once a week since August. So I know what that's like firsthand, especially when I've come back from traveling. I always make sure I test before I travel. Then when I get back, I test again. Of course, you're anxious when you're waiting the 48 hours for your results. Now, their results quicker with the rapid, but the rapid's definitely not as effective. A lot of false positives. No antibodies, correct? I still don't have the antibodies. Such a bummer, right? I sure wish I could have. But you know what's great? Uh, Because I've been so laying low and just working and focusing and I'm finishing my second book. Now, all my friends in the city have already got it. So now I have this select group of people like, guess what? You're on my okay to hang out with list because (laughs) you have the antibodies. You're not going to get it again. You're not going to give it to me. I can get herd immunity from you. Um, But in the study of the blood, you know, there's blood types that are, are, are differently affected and impacted by a virus like this. And I just so happen to be O positive, which has a really low Mm -hmm. uh, contract rate, but I've been testing because I want to have the freedom to travel. Now, I'm not anti-vaccine in any way, shape, or form. If somebody tells me I can't get on a plane to leave the country without getting a vaccine, I'm getting a vaccine. Like that's number one. But I do believe that there's other people that need it before I do. And we we have a system of how this is going to take place. We need to protect our healthcare workers, our frontline workers. To me, even very important people, grocery store workers, restaurant workers. I mean, there was a time during COVID where we couldn't get groceries delivered. And I went to the store and I just always felt bad for the clerk. Like what you're exposing yourself to is all of us and you have to do this for work. So right. it's going to be a process, but yeah, I'm looking at everything in a collective. And I think we all need to take a big step back and say, don't be so hard on a player during this current time. Miss Lisa, I think that that kind of ties into um, LeBron and excuse me, LeBron and Kyrie as it relates to mental health. Yes. Kyrie Irving took multiple days off. Um, Said it. I had him on my fantasy team. So you, I know you know. <laughs> Said yeah. <it>. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's been ten out the season. The total the finger. We're going right. Right. No. And and I and you know mental health uh, was the part of the reason why uh, he you know didn't play the insurrection in Washington and some of those other things. But what I find interesting as it relates to Kyrie. Um, and comparatively as it relates to LeBron is, um, people think that because players make a lot of money um, that they don't have stress. The notorious B.I.G. said more money, more problems. Exactly. And to that point, I feel like LeBron and Kyrie were kind of like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. They were saying the same thing. They were just saying it in two different ways as it relates to mental health and needing a break from the game. LeBron talked explicitly about how this all-star game would just be detrimental or just not, you know, it's about the money. You saw Kawhi Leonard kind of, you know, kind of echo what LeBron said. And I think at the end of the day, mental health as it relates to athletes, particularly during COVID, is something that has been so underreported, has gone so under the radar. Um, and And think about this. Many of us have been able to continue our work lives from home, which means we don't have to get tested to collect our paycheck. We don't have to expose ourselves to others to get paid. You know, even more so with fans in some arenas, it kind of stresses me out for the athletes because 
We're not testing them yet. Now the Miami Heat are using COVID sniffing dogs to check the, and and this is going to be a thing, right? You know, Broadway, you know, our governor came out and said New York City Broadway is going to open eventually in a smaller capacity and there'll be rapid tests and you'll have to take a test. However, we make this work, but you're right. The mental health is very different because everything that athletes have been put up against and also they're they're being forced to speak in big moments. And it's very scary to speak in a big moment because if you say something that doesn't land well, then you're a part of cancel culture. It happens that fast. You know, one mistake, you can say you were hacked, you can say anything you want, but one mistake is is just gonna be over this. So that's where LeBron has even more pressure. And Kyrie has even more pressure because now everybody's asking, what's their opinion? LeBron needs to speak on this. And, you know, it's just, it's been a lot. And I think we have a lot of gratitude towards the NBA for giving us so much fun in the bubble. A a ton of, of just adjustments were made that now we're used to watching the games because they're in their home arenas, but they're not in the bubble. You know, we're, it's just the trickery that's played on our minds to realize there's no fans there, but here we are. And you and I will now be joining each other every Thursday night, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Everybody engage. We want to hear what games you're watching on Thursday night. If you're placing any bets, if you're playing DFS, if you're playing season-long fantasy, maybe we break down our teams and some new moves that we need to be making. But everybody, you'll be able to join me and Scoop B every Thursday, 5 p.m. Eastern on an Instagram Live takeover at Pavada. You can follow my friend Scoop B at Scoop B and Scoop. I just love being able to sit and chop it up with you for a little bit today. Love talking hoops with you. I, hey, I got to mention, you know that when we did the Instagram live takeover last week, you had the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. I had the Bucks. Uh, yes, you did. And I knew you want to bring this up, and that's okay. I did, though. I did, I did though, make a couple good calls. You did. You had did. said Ronald Jones. I had said Leonard Fournette. I had said Gronk was going to get into the end zone because no matter what, Brady was going to feed him. I had also said Antonio Brown was going to get in the end zone because Tom Brady wants to make everybody believe he made the right decision by bringing Tom. I had a lot of rights, but my biggest wrong was Tom and also – I think this toe that Mahomes is now going in for surgery was affecting him a bit more. Oh, definitely. I think flying in the day before really messed things up for Kansas City. And I also think the incident and, and horrible accident with Andy Reid's son was a big distraction as well. There were a lot of odds against him. I should have switched my pick last minute. But you know what? You get to gloat and it's cool. You were right. You were right. You, you, you get that. I'll give you that. I'll give, I was right on the head. I said heads on this coin toss. I said the national anthem would go over, but so did you. So, but it was a great, it was, it's just been fun doing these lives and we will keep tabs on who wins what. Too. Of course. You Listen, you're still Batman. I'm Robin and, you know, I'm, I'm excited for the rest of the season. I'll take that. And I'll be talking to you at five o'clock on Thursday. Scoop, thanks so much for joining us here on the Lisa Ann Experience. Thank you for the opportunity to be myself. And this is Scoopy Radio saying, you bring the coffee and I'll bring the Duncan. Kaboom! My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience 
every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.